Hello, everybody, and welcome to maybe not 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 a really exciting episode of Bloody Good Horror. I would call it this week. <laughs> uh, we're here tonight to discuss a movie called "There Is Something Wrong with the Children." And if you would like Eric, that's me, to remember your movie title, it should be less words. Is I think my number one thing about this movie. But we'll get that's to a the good tip. We'll get to the rest. Joining me tonight, first up from Manhattan, New York City. The man with the lustrous hair over here. Please welcome John Schnars to the show. You can have a lot of words, but they should make a fun acronym. Mm-hmm. Right? That's like true. that's that's another like strategy. A, like hate, hates. Remember that? Hates. Oh yeah. my God. Hashtag hates. <laughs> House at the end of the street. <laughs> I remember that one. I wish I could forget it. <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Next up on the show from Indiana, please welcome Casey to the show. Hello. If you were watching the live stream tonight, you'd see Casey's weed hat he has on. <laughs> uh, can you give me one plot point and or actor from Hates? Yeah, be... Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, I knew there was like some. Right. Okay. Does Maybe that, there was that. I was like Micah Monroe or whatever. I, I think you know, it was Jennifer I Lawrence. Think, I think it was like when she was blowing up. <laughs> that was like the one she made before she became yeah, famous. No, and then I, they dusted off and were like, whoa. No, yeah, I, actually, I, I actually think that's exactly what happened, wasn't it? Yeah, it's totally possible. Yeah. Whew. It's actually a good comp for this movie. We should we'll come back. Yeah, to that. man, I, that just that fell out of my brain. I don't really know where that came from. So anyway, we're here tonight to talk about, um, I was literally just about to say hashtag hates. Uh, <laughs> there's something wrong with the children. So let's do it. Let's take a quick break and discuss. This is it, Jennifer. There's big breaking TV. Not the front John, you were doing some reading about this here, pre in the pre-show. This is mm. a, this is a Blum, Blumhouse, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Blumhouse. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, do we when know you watch this was, the movie? Was this a Blumhouse produced or acquired? Do we know? No, no, produced. So oh, okay. it, in the title, like we, I mean, we so we watched this, or I watched it yesterday. Um, the credits come up, and it's Blumhouse and Epics. Mm. Which Eric, I don't know. You were based on the conversation. You were not familiar with Epics. I've heard it. Is that a streaming thing? It it is a. I believe linear. I mean, maybe there's a there might oh, be a streaming like a, offering. Oh, it's like a old timey cable channel. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Wow. Back in the um, 1900s, we had those. And I think they're so it. What it <coughs> is now? It has been recently rebranded. Like rebranded since this movie was made huh. because the the poster for the film which you can find on IMDb says MGM plus mm. as the co-producer but the the actual film itself has epics in the in the credits so um is MGM yeah, so plus I, is this another thing i'm going to have to pay for john good lord uh what is MGM you know casey what sometimes is it, what is mgm you can find these things what does mgm <laughs> plus have that i'm going to need well, so MGM plus, so MGM was famously acquired by Amazon uh, in the last two years. Um, so MGM plus is a it is just a cable channel. Like if you have cable, you probably get it. Um, but it's owned by Amazon. I, what I don't know is like if you have Amazon Prime, is it like a yeah. little icon or something on is there? It one of those I, stupid I sort of ones that you have to pay more. Yeah, like may pay more for it through Prime or something. So, like stars. So, so, stars is the bane of my existence because they will often just buy up grips of horror movies and then you can't even like rent them on Amazon, which drives yeah, me insane. It's pretty bad. Is this the first case we've had of a cable channel stealing the plus moniker? Um, Maybe. I don't know. I haven't tracked and it. I haven't had cable in a while. I feel while, like everybody's so. on, me the plus, on the plus lately. Um, but I, based on what I was reading in 2021, the Blum signed something like an eight, film deal with at the time epics i think this is the second of the eight there was another movie that i didn't recognize the name it is importantly done through blumhouse television which is they have like a 
Oh, uh, film studio, uh, and then uh, they have a TV. Blumtel. Blumtel, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> BT for I like, short. I like their stuff. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Blumvision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like that Blum. He does. Uh, he makes a lot of stuff. He likes money. Are, he likes money, as we were discussing. Uh, he does. I mean, look, he's really good at making it. So Who doesn't? God bless him. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think, well, you, and you also, I think we talked about this on the show, but you saw he is now, he and James Wan have combined their production companies. Oh, oh I good didn't lo- see that. Good Lord. What's going to come of that? What was James Wan's? Uh, I forget what it was called, but he's made, I mean, obviously James Wan's made a ton of shit. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, I know you didn't watch it, John, but when, uh, when Halloween kills was coming out, um, the Blum, I think it was kills. Mm -hmm. The Blum went on the last drive-in and got interviewed with Joe Bob. Oh yeah. And dude, he is just the smarmiest Los Angeles motherfucker you could (laughs) ever I met like he's trying to be he tried to dress down and be cool because this was like the last drive in and like he's yeah. just not capable like he's just so <laughs> stuck up in L.A. It's unreal. It just it oozes from him. Look, man, this is our patron saint of our films right now. You yeah, got, you know, yeah. uh, James Wan's company was Atomic Monster Productions, which uh-huh. I assume they're sort of keeping the name alive for the time being. But. At some point, it might just get rolled into. Is that um, what all of the like Wanover stuff was under? Because I don't even recognize that. That's weird. Correct. Correct. I, I thought that was the Cloverfield guy. I would need to see the little. Uh, that's bad robot, Casey. Uh, that's J. I would need to yeah. see his little like theater animation to know like what if I remember. You would a hundred percent recognize yeah. it. It looks like the guy from Bioshock. Okay. Yes, I do. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It, like a skinnier guy from Bioshock. I couldn't beat Bioshock. Side note. Never played it. It's good. I think you can get it on Switch now. Couldn't Maybe beat it. Yeah. I did I beat Bioshock 3, though. That game is cool. Congrats, I guess. I liked it. No, um, no, no big deal. Do you want a word today? Are we doing sure. a word? Or like, hey, John. Just... What's the word? Excuse me for enjoying your conversation john he's he's not even drinking folks this is called a uh, podcast <laughs> the, the word of the day Eric, is whippersnapper mm. <laughs> yeah that's w-h-i-p-p-e-r-s-n-a-p-p-e-r the dictionary says it's one word it you can't i believe it is still appropriate to hyphenate give you a definition a young and inexperienced person considered to be presumptuous or overconfident mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whippersnapper love the etymology here 17th century it's english from what i read this is i'm, I'm gonna cite the website grammar is from like when they used to whip children uh no <laughs> in like the 17th century there were just like layabout kids who had nothing better to do and would like snap whips what? So you were just oh. hanging out on the street, snapping a whip. Just and that like a was, little orphan with a whip. Uh, yes. <laughs> wow. Um, I was going to read here. A whip snapper was a 17th century term for a young man with nothing better to do than hang about idly snapping a whip. I'm surprised. They didn't, they do this, didn't they do that in The Simpsons when uh, Abe Simpson had the uh, <laughs> tomato on his rope from a belt or something I'm like surprised that. they didn't the, uh, the onion on his belt. surprised they didn't yeah. put, the, put those kids to work. They were going to be dead by the time they were 20 or something, right? Well, Get them out there, living life. That's wild. The, the term persists. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I was really hoping you'd give me the origins of Swinger tonight, but I'll take, this was pretty good. I like it. <laughs> I mean, we can save that for a future show. John, tell me about... There's something wrong with the children. Oh, you got it. I thought you were going to call it hates, but. Hashtag um, hates. (laughs) This is, um, we were discussing, it's it's a Blumhouse MGM Plus collab. Um, There isn't even an, there isn't even a vowel in it, so you can't turn it into a hashtag. It just doesn't work. uh, That is true. No vowels. Good work, Eric. Mm -hmm. Identifying consonants and vowels. Um, Directed by Roxanne Benjamin. Uh, this is, it looked like her second feature. She also directed on 
uh, a couple of the um, what are, you know anthologies the the one XX which I think we covered on the show although I did not watch XX did you guys do that no yes maybe great that's Thanks for confirming yeah it was fine um, and then she also did one of the segments on Southbound which we definitely did on the show I did watch that um, so yeah she's a director uh, written by TJ Simfell and David White um, this is uh, it's a it's a it's a small film features two couples Ellie and Thomas and then Ben and Maggie or Margaret uh, Ben and Ellie are brother and sister and Margaret and Ellie are best friends they are on a weekend getaway to a mountain airbnb situation sort of in the woods um and they go on a hike there's a weird dilapidated building that they decide to crawl around in inside the building there's this pit that is magic and the kids look into the pit and maybe become evil uh, unclear they get um, they get pet cemetery just by looking at it yes uh or by jumping in it discuss yeah uh, did well they jump in it i don't know possibly um so yeah so then from there the the film kind of transitions out to this i don't even know what you, mental health thriller where ben starts (laughs) ben starts to see the kids doing evil things and they sort of are like taunting him but none no one else sees them doing these things it is gradually revealed that ben uh is has struggled with uh mood switch i don't know he's on mood stabilizer what, yeah, what, he's what do we on think? um he's lithium, on lithium it? and they mentioned him being manic so he's probably bipolar okay would be my guess sounds good it's my own personal research job which he, as someone who's been on lithium before it's also one of those things where it's like i mean i does it i guess then you it's not that even that he was hallucinating this or I don't know. He's untrustworthy. He's not trusted by the other adults. No, really the only thing that they ever mention that like they mentioned him having like manic episodes, but we don't see it. He seems just like a chill dude to me, but no. And he, yeah. well, they, well, man, they mentioned that he lost his job, which all happened sort of yeah. before this. I don't know. Um, it's like Bradley Cooper in that movie, except maybe he killed a kid, but he didn't cause we saw that he didn't. What Bradley Cooper? Silver Linings Playbook. That's what. Oh. <laughs> well, all right. So he, I don't know. He does kind of kill the kid. I think, like, yeah. In any event, he was evil. All bets are off. That I mean, you know. The, yeah, I mean, it is. It is. We once see a the kid kids is, being evil, but is, none of none of the other adults. Cemeteried. Yeah. Killing is fine. I don't know. So the movie unfolds from there. There's a lot of interpersonal drama that is explored in mm-hmm. fits and starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually people start to die. There Love you it. go. That's pretty good. Casey, what'd you think? Did you wear the weed uh, hat while watching? No, I did not. Okay. <laughs> they, uh, you know, it's funny. They, uh, I completely missed the fact that they, uh, Ben and Ellie were brother and sister. That makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> I'm I'm like ninety percent sure. On I didn't that. catch I didn't catch that at all. Which yeah. Well, why were they calling him Uncle Ben if he wasn't there? Like some just because some people do that with close friends. Can, my daughter calls my best friend Rick. Yeah, Uncle Rick. So now in a movie without context, I guess that's a presumptuous. Yeah. I I don't know. It could I could be wrong on that, but I think they're brother and sister but then margaret and ellie are definitely best friends so it's also i don't know so whatever yes so ultimately they it's immaterial to the movie either way yeah it is immaterial to the movie uh so i seen like one trailer for this and i didn't know for sure what we were getting into but my first reaction was oh i know all these actors which was cool because we had uh we had amanda cruz that you'd know from um 
Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. You had oh, uh, that's Carl right. Santos, we've seen a couple times. Zach Guilford is a big Mike Flanagan person, and Alicia Wainwright, which I know from Raising Dion, which is a cute kid series. If you uh, <laughs> if you're curious, um, so no. my first thought was that, and <laughs> uh, as we're getting into it, ultimately this movie is kind of a mess. It's all over the place, but I was entertained. I'll give them that. There was parts of this movie that I just kind of got sucked into. Didn't blow me away, but I was interested. And I really liked the child actors in this movie. I thought they were fun, especially once we get to the turn. There's other things as we get, well, we can talk about later in the show and we get past some spoilers and stuff. And they give us a glimpse of what's going on here and what, you know, may be happening to the kids. And I thought, well, that's a little silly. And then that kind of tarnished my enthusiasm a little bit. Mm-hmm. as we got into it but otherwise this is not bad for like a b movie you would expect to find on streaming it's not a blockbuster it's not something i would pay to go see in the theater but stumbling across on cable i didn't regret my watch but there's definitely a hell of a lot of problems <laughs> to discuss. We gotta, like i feel like we need to update because i i still think that about like the cable watch i don't think that that exists anymore we need to update it for modern times it's like it's like hungover Netflix pick when you want to watch something that's not too loud. <laughs> yeah. Like that's kind of, that's kind of the analogy. John, what do you think? I disliked this movie <laughs> fairly substantially in the end. I mean, so I knew nothing. I had not seen a trailer. I read the sort of one line description, uh, that, that comes up when you like pull up the film. Um, to Casey's point, I was pleasantly surprised when sort of the actors start showing up on screen. You know, okay, okay, okay. I thought the production design was fun. So the titles play, and there's sort of this fun song. And I don't know, maybe this is I love yeah, the I like, art. I like the music the, a lot. The gifted, I believe, was the credit for the music person. Um, I don't know if that was like original music. I assume it's like a song that existed before this. Um, but the way that the credit sequence and that the sort of, it all flows into the opening title card and then into the actual film itself, I was totally in for. So the first like five minutes sort of set me on maybe higher expectations than I should have had. Um, John real quick, just Rachel is uh, watching us live and just texted me. It was sisters of mercy. Oh, that song. Yeah. The guy, look, thank you. Um, no, the, the, I swear to God, the music credit in the very beginning says like music supervision, maybe by the gifted, uh, whatever. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess for me, ultimately, like to Casey's point, there's a lot of, uh, this movie punches above its weight from an acting sort of talent standpoint, there's a lot of like TV talent, but like solid, um, I feel like it was probably very small budget. They shot this thing in a couple of days in one setting. Um, I just felt like the script was a complete hash slash nightmare. I mean, just complete disaster. It feels like maybe had, they lost pages when they, before they started shooting. <laughs> I just, I think it needed three more revisions. Like what's going on with the hole? Did they not tell us? Did I miss that? Did no, I, they didn't. They that? don't tell you. I mean, Cool. I don't it's know. The, maybe the place that shines. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sort of okay with that. To me, the biggest issue, sometimes dead is better. There's, there's like, a, <laughs> there's a mix of too many, too much plot. And then sort of like not enough with big, with plot. like important gaps that they should have filled in. Yeah. 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 The, um, ah, yeah. I, to me, I guess the biggest sin, if I had to pick one and, and again, I would point back to the script I don't know who the main character of this movie is and who we're really supposed to care about mm-hmm. and or be rooting for. Like, whose arc are we meant to be following? Now, there is a person who survives. There's one survivor. And so, like, by the end... But they're, like, not the focus of the movie for a while. And no. then suddenly they are. It's the one, and, the, the the wife who does not have kids. Correct. And there, you're given no real reason to care whether she lives or dies. For most of the movie, I would have said Ben was the main character. He's the one who we are experiencing 
the something being wrong with the kids through. See, and actually, in the before that happens, it's even more the mom character because we spend yeah. a lot of time learning about her kind of conflicts and world and stuff. <laughs> the fact that she like was in a I love that story. Forza, that was like amazing. A swinging situation <laughs> where her husband ended up not completing the swing and she did and now they're like having a marital spat about it. <laughs> Just so bizarre. That was a great so, story. Yeah. I was glad that the movie I was like, "Oh, are they going to just like tease this and not actually give me the story?" And then she's like, "Okay, here it is. Pour another yeah. drink." And then she gave the whole But that that's the best part of the movie. Was 5 minutes longer than it needed to be. No, like they could have gone really 10 more. Um, Eric wanted the full on just like Oh yeah, I could have I could have gone more details. Give me the core yeah. details. Um Dear Blumhouse. <laughs> I'm kind of in between you guys, I guess, in some ways. There's stuff I appreciate about this movie. You mentioned over email John hating the music. I very much enjoyed the music. Because Sorry, me, no, 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 I did not say that. I was confused by the way they deployed the music well, later in the film. I think that they come from the Goblin school of horror movie music, which is loud shit for no reason because it's cool. And like yeah. in a movie that otherwise is like kind of bland, I appreciated when it's. But in a Fulci movie, you expect that. Like, Fulci did not. Why Argento? John oh yeah sorry Argento sorry I meant Argento but like why in this movie what's it just it makes no goddamn sense here's what it is the music feels out of place because visually it's pretty boring and so it really the music is the only thing that's very like creatively stimulating about it so it's like what like when it comes in you are like holy shit what is that but I but whatever it kept me awake so I was into it um I, the best parts of this movie, I think, are, is all this interpersonal stuff. I mean, it, it gets so tense, it's almost hard to watch at some points. Yeah. Like, just it's yeah. so awkward and brutal. Um, but even the more subtle stuff in the beginning, like I thought that the couple, the couple with kids, I really liked both of those actors and their selling to me of their like marital tension worked really well. In particular, who this woman who now I know is from, I, I know her from Silicon Valley. She's got some real great like emotional lines and um, sort of deliveries that she just does really well. And then, even when like her kid, her pet cemetery kid shows up dead at some point, but it's like they're not dead that she screams <laughs> like in pain. It's like pretty brutal. She I mean, it's Dude, it's a good performance. The, yeah. Sorry, you should continue because I, I okay. had a lot. I had some well, I so. The horror is so half baked and like cut together and jumbled together from other movies plots, but then not even tied up. So it's not even like a lot of it makes sense. It, you, it almost ends and you're like, cause you know me, I, I zone out sometimes, John, when I watch movies. So no. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, do I ask if we found out what the deal with the hole was? Cause I feel like I might've blinked and missed it. Like you like, but apparently no, I didn't. No, hey, that's didn't. <laughs> insane to give nothing about what's happening there. Um, it likes dead bodies to be thrown in it. I don't, wa- get that. I don't want to be a dick about child actors. The acting was fine, but like, they're not scary. They're just, they're trying to be scary, which is not scary. Like there's so, a certain way to make kid actors threatening and having them be like trying to act evil is not it. Like that's not, I didn't think they were scary, but they're they were, I mean, they're supposed to be though. Or like, well, they were, they were threatening, right? Like it was a lot of smiling and sort of, there are some good jump scares where they just like appear out of nowhere that are yeah. decent. Like not, you know, not amazing. So I don't know. Um, I wondered, is this supposed to be like a larger metaphor just about this generation's, torture over whether or not to have kids right like with this they're gonna have the least kids gen z is gonna have like the least kids of any american generation and it's only gonna multiply from there i've been reading a lot about population collapse recently john so this has been on my mind cool but um (laughs) that stuff actually rings really true to me personally like i i had kids later than anyone else in my friend group and so i have I'm very familiar with that kind of it. There's, I wouldn't say it's always tension, but there's just a weird disconnect when you're the couple without kids. Like as much as you try to stay connected and stay friends, you are on divergent paths where like you just have different understandings of the world. That's not a judgment towards any one side or the other. It's just true. Like your life experiences change drastically. And so they're actually in that way, the script feels very contemporary to me, that part of it. 
in an interesting way. And I, I don't know, I was intrigued by some of the ideas they're exploring. And that made me the think- The children like, that actually me, were evil though. Well, right. But that made me think like, is that, is what's going on in this movie a larger metaphor about having kids? I don't really know because I'm not smart enough, but, or, or it's just not clear enough. Casey text Rachel. One or no, the other. <laughs> well, I know, right? She'd have the, a theory. But anyway, so that, that stuff's the best stuff. The horror is really blah. And then it just kind of ends and you forget about most of it. Like right after. There's, there's almost no violence on the screen. Right. Like this. People just I, turn up dead. It's not rated. It's, it says not rated, at least on IMDb. And I don't I mean, whatever, that's fine. It doesn't matter one way or the other, but they, it's weird because in that sequence you're talking about, Eric, like they make this whole big show of her saying, and we fucked and like emphasizing <laughs> the right, use right. of the F word. There is an F So word I was there. sort of like, okay, cool. Well, when it's like, going to streaming, swear. but when it's going to streaming, does it even matter? Like, I don't think it does, but this clearly isn't meant for, you know, younger horror viewers. So why is the horror so muted? Like, why not? I tell you why. It's because they are leaning super hard on that <clears throat> Hollywood classic monster movie uh, formula where you never show your monster. Their whole agenda hinges on that because they're only giving us blurry views and like shadows of what's actually, you know, what the kids actually are and everything. And they're leaning so hard on that well, that they can't show us the violence because we're going to be able to see what's happening to the monsters. And they're trying to ramp up the violence with the damage that's done to them and stuff. Cause if you compare like with Amanda Cruz and you see some of the wounds she had, and then once you get an idea of what's going on from the shadows, it's like, okay, you can kind of put two and two together and not saying see, it's I, would lump this I think in, that's what they're trying to do. I would Fair. lump this in with like these, some of these other movies we've been seeing that are almost like, Occasionally we'll see these, it's like Hollywood, Hollywoodized, like fake elevated horror. It's like they think just writing a script about a bunch of human shit makes it elevated horror. And then they just forget the genre stuff. And it's just like very flat. We don't even, so the dad, Thomas, Carlos Santos, the actor, he goes off into the woods. We don't even see what happens to him or see his He does dead completely body. disappear. Yeah, you're right. I just assume he he had two days to be on set. Maybe, John, can you yeah. can you open a beer just by punching it on the table? <laughs> I actually can do that. No, I've never done yeah, that. that's kind of Midwest. Not that like hard. <laughs> um, the um, so Eric, the point you made about the human interactions, I was sick to my stomach during the sequence where they are getting into the big sort of blowout where they end up. That, basically not being friends anymore. That argument is the shit. It is insane. It, it's, it's, I, oh, this is actually, I think, one of the arguments for why Ellie and Ben are brother and sister. You just can't talk like that to friends. Like, you would never maybe. say something like that know. to somebody I mean, who's maybe. not your brother. But yeah. man, they go in. It's crazy. Like, it, scorched it's earth. <laughs> Everybody, it's Everyone. all four of them. I mean, Margaret is the only one who doesn't, and maybe, maybe that's she why just she doesn't want to survive. have kids with you. And you're like, oh yeah. shit, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> shit. Well, uh, and it Your starts kids are with assholes him. or whatever, whatever he was saying. Yeah, he starts to like tell the story. You know, oh well, you think you're such like great parents, but he's like, what are you like, running around having a foursome? And then he goes, oh, I'm sorry, a two and a half some or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> amazing, brutal. <laughs> But um, so that sequence was that's a was brutal really line though because that's when the the married couple now knows that all their business has been circulated around. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's brutal. Like I just don't know what the hell is that doing in this? Like this is when I say the script is uneven. It has these weird peaks and valleys in it, and that's like this extremely elevated moment. That comes, I guess that's like the midway point of the film and that sort of sets them on this path. Now the kids have divided them essentially and can begin to pick yeah. them off. The other piece for, to me. For purposes, question mark? Yeah. Well, for the whole. The whole <laughs> needs, needs, needs bodies. It's a good movie the, with uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Holes. That's Holes. Excuse oh, me. Oh, okay. Would you say um, you want the whole truth? And nothing this, but the truth. This was a sequel to that. <laughs> so. The other scene that to me, 
I, it, I think it kind of ruins the movie is when the son gets killed because so it's been set up that because we see the kids jump into the hole we see with Ben, but then they're not in the hole. And so that's, that sort of kickstarts his, is he crazy <laughs> or not? He gets into this fight with the, with the son over the, uh, fireplace scooper and hits him in the throat with it. I'm not a doctor. Seems unlikely to be fatal, but it does kill him. Well, you didn't and, even get him in the throat, did he? You got him in the stomach, I thought. I thought it got him in like the throat. I mean, I guess if you hit a kid hard enough in the throat, it'll kill him. I'm not, I haven't tested this or anything. I thought but, it was a stomach because that's what made me think, really? <laughs> it was like the Damar Hamlin, like yeah. hit him in the chest, like right at the right time. Yeah. Um, that sequence, though, ends up being so emotionally loaded like so that kid is meant to be nine which is the same age as my son and like i was just like i don't need to see this like why am i watching the sequence of this boy dying the mom to your point like solid acting job goes through the emotions of losing a child yeah in like a fairly gripping and terrible way i'm not here to when i say that (laughs) i'm not here for your human emotions lady i'm i'm on board with you by the way it's a lot the the production design and like the way they use the music is like look we're a fun like camp campy movie and like we're gonna have a monster you know good time no then you're gonna like watch a child die and his mom experience grief it's just i don't know that it to me that's when i was like this fuck this movie like i don't (laughs) i'm just like what are we doing here that's a good point they linger on these emotional moments and whatnot which for a different type of movie would probably be acceptable but when they're focusing over long on those emotional moments and that whole sequence with the kid dying and stuff and then we see not a damn thing of what happens to their parents makes it pretty disappointing because that's what we're here to see right we're watching a horror movie yeah it i don't know there's there is not all of the genre stuff is mostly off screen and instead it's this roller coaster ride of people getting into really nasty fights and and Kids getting the, killed. The lead up to that too, where the he's trying trying to help the kid, but he's like hitting him, and you're like, "Oh, this is gonna go so bad." It's like that. Remember that show, The Slap? Yeah, it was like a whole con- It was a whole like drama on NBC or so. It was on a network where like the whole idea is that they're all in the pilot. They're all at a party, and like some kids being a dick, and one of the other parent adults is on his parents slaps him, and it's that's it's the not whole their kid. concept of the show. It's just like yeah. how these friends fall apart after the slap happens. That was that was like a television was drama. A television it was a miniseries, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. I was like, how yeah. can you possibly stretch that into the know, more than a few episodes? It was a pretty well, crime think, procedural. I think we see a lot of fall, fall apart in this movie because of the way they handle the parents. Like with the dad. Um, sorry, here. Let me look again. Thomas. What was his name? Yeah, Thomas. Um, Thomas just obviously, and I thought he was pretty good acting wise yeah, yeah. throughout this movie. I was pretty uh, gripped by him, especially when he started getting pissed off with Ben and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, he just disappears. Gone. And the same thing happens with the mom. When we find out, and we can drop spoiler alerts here if you want, but as we find out what's going on more and more with what the kids happening to the kids and what's happening with the hole, it's when we see. What happens? The ultimate outcome what is of Ben happening with that hole. <laughs> right, it's the ultimate outcome of Ben. So they're obviously trying to get people out of the hole into our world. Why wouldn't they use the parents? It would be a whole different movie. Wait, you think people are coming out of the hole? Yeah. Well, th- yeah. Well, potentially. Well, not people, but things are coming back out of the hole. Opposed to some people, right? Well, so here's the, and this is one of the problems of the movie the movie plays around with characters and like the reality of what they're actually seeing. Whereas like yeah. I'm with Casey, I think you can make an argument that they actually do jump in that hole and then something else evil crawls out like pet oh, cemetery. Yeah, stuff. sure. Fine. Yeah. I mean, their but, eyes glow, but the, but the movie goes to great lengths to show you like, maybe they didn't see that. So then you're just left to question F what any of it is. Well, and we know, you, I think, and we know I think you could also, that, but. you could also make the argument that they literally just looked in the hole and that turned them evil, which is dumb. Yeah. yeah. It definitely, they looked in the hole and it made them want to go jump in the hole, which that doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, whatever, I guess anything can happen. Um, But this is when I, when I was saying earlier, the script just needed, like, these are the things where it's like, you just didn't think all this stuff through all the way. The, 
because the kids, in my mind, the reality of the film, they're never not evil. It's just that no one believes Ben and Ben is the only one who knows. We see them, like we see the eyes glowing. Like they do the eye glowing yeah. thing. It's like, there's no question on the part of the audience. It's just on the part of the other parents. I don't know. One more thing. So there's this other yeah. effect where they're kind of like bugs sort of like, or like claw, like yes. crabs. Praying mantises. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah I well, think like, and they, you see it, the one, you, know. you see one almost cool effect only in silhouette where there's like the kids, like a weird uh, ten, the tentacle claw monster thing. And then, but you never see it. You only see it in silhouette. And then all they do is add this sound effect in. Anytime the kids are slinking around, which just made me mad because I'm like, it doesn't make me think they're monsters if you're not going to show me, if you're not going to like legit right. show me. They they also talk in the little bug language. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, well, evil, mean, ground, brought, the evil ground praying mantises that come out. When, when Rachel tweeted, tweeted me originally, she brought this up, but they're, they're going for a Lovecraft angle. Here's what they're going for, but they're but like, falling way short if because there's an the, art to setting that stuff up. Listen, man, if you don't have the money to do it, though, that's a real rough road to try to try yeah. to feel like. But they're trying to go for the whole cosmic horror, fear of the unknown thing, and you don't know what is well, happening. I think, and I, th- but, I think the problem with that is that the movie's not weird enough. Like the movies, exactly. the movie's got to be weird enough to make you feel that like induced psychosis. That's like the whole deal of the Lovecraft thing. Yeah, there, we there was a couple of shots that were thirty percent off kilter. Did, <laughs> did you know? Yeah, you that's those? why that Nick Cage movie works because it's so bizarre. You're like, well, I'm crazy now too. That's like what yeah. a Lovecraft movie has to do. What? The, you, which? Which one? The one where he melds into his wife or some shit. What was that movie? Color Out of Space. Yeah, it's like you could have been referencing five different movies right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but. I I mean, like insanity and mental craziness is a big part of the cosmic horror stuff, too, which they tried to establish some with Ben to offset that. But we don't find out that he's got problems until halfway through the movie. And it's just kind of casually mentioned to the side. Yeah, there. I mean, there's you see his drug bottle. The kid steals the drug. bottle. I mean, they like they pull it in. But yeah, yeah. but that's like 45, 50 minutes in. It's deeper than it should be. I, there's like a weird reference at one point in a conversation between Margaret and Ben that kind of goes, I mean, the way to do that is like, time. there's gotta be a, some kind of conversation early on in that movie where the, the, that guy and his wife like acknowledge that he's having problems. You can't yeah. just bring it up in the moment that you want to capitalize on it. Or yeah. there's a mention between the sister and the wife at the very beginning of the movie of the wife saying, Oh, thank you for coming up here and spending the weekend with us. He's been so upset since he lost his job, since he went manic. Dude, and that would have well, taken care of it. Right. I mean, right. Right. In some, yeah, that would do it for sure. Here's what I don't understand, um, John. Yeah. If the one swinging couple is like going at it, right? Like, and then you're the other two pair, the other pair in the corner, like why, once they're going to town, why not give it a go? Why? What are we waiting for here? Just dive in. That's what you're already here. Unless it's crazy to me. The body they wants what the body that. wants, Eric. I don't know, man. I, I mean, it could be a failure to uh, sure why not give it a little slap and tickle, John, yeah. just see where it goes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no comment. <laughs> I, I have no experience in these matters, so I, I can't speak to it, but I tend to agree with you. Like, you've come this far. Like, exactly. what, are you, what are you doing? Exactly. Um, Eric, I had nice things to say earlier about the production design choices. The other one I was going to mention is I like the girl's hoodie. The sort of like, you know, it's, it's, it's like fun and playful, but then it can be a little cheeky and evil too. Um, oh, you okay, were that. having what I would describe as a hissy fit about the color <laughs> this of your skin. Ugly, while you were watching is this ugly movie. as shit. Okay, so I've talked about this show before. You can, this is a real thing. You can look up articles on the internet about how for the past however many years, the obsession in Hollywood has been these, um, or it's an orange and teal, basically like filter that you lay over the whole film and post in digital digitally. And it takes any color and basically like, um, bends it towards one of those hues. The idea that there's supposedly some like color theory behind it that like, orange and teal are the highest two highest contrast colors from each other in the color wheel. And so it's supposed to be like more visually stimulating or some bullshit, but it's like 
once you go look up an article and look at it, and once you see it, you will literally never unsee it. It's it's the fucking craziest thing. And what it does is it turns everybody's skin like a little orangey. It turns all clothes and stuff like any darker color, like really blue. It's I've just it's driving me insane. Like because I can't unsee it now, I see it everywhere. <laughs> this is the most orange movie. I have ever seen. I started posting screenshots on Twitter and Instagram. There are legit now when done right. It's kind of subtle. Right. And you really have to take a step back almost like magic eye style and be like, oh, I see. Like there's an it's an overall hue thing. This movie, I swear, I sent you guys that one shot. There is not a single pixel on the screen that is not orange. That she's in that bathroom. (laughs) Holy shit. Mm -hmm. It is so distraught. I mean, it's making movies so ugly. In fact, the only movie I've seen in years that didn't like aggressively do this is that matrix movie from last year. Cause they made, and it, it's, there's a little bit of it, but they really made an effort to make that like very colorful. Like there's lots of reds and like different colors in that movie. Um, just on aside cause I saw it recently, but the, it, it is a <laughs> the only one. No, no one else has made that choice. It is. No, I mean, I challenge you to find another. It's, 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 I, it is. Eric, I no, I'll tell you what. Look, I'll tell you what. Here's another movie that didn't do it. Mad God. Mm-hmm. Phil Tippett's Mad God. Oh, did yeah. not do it. Because he started making it 30 years ago. And <laughs> they didn't know about Dude, Orange I, I just have to say, like, <laughs> I would give my kingdom for a movie that uses the full color spectrum because it is a travesty what's happening to the color of movies. Well, some of that's got to be though for going for kind of a throwback effect, right? I mean, I guess, I don't know. I I don't, movies didn't used to do that. No, but it kind of makes it look a little more like a seventies, eighties exploitation, especially when you combine it with the other production design elements, like the title screen of this movie. I disagree because seventies movies were washed out. That was kind of the predominant look of the seventies movies because of the way the film was being processed. I was going to ask Pearl. I remember not being, I don't know. I, you might be right that that it wasn't that aggressive on Pearl, but I'd have to look, I'd have to go, I'd have to have it in front of me. It was, yeah, I don't know. I, I did not have a strong, I, I accused Eric of messing with his color settings. I have evidence. When he sent those screenshots. I have evidence. Yeah. Multiple monitors. Yeah. Put it this way, it was not the thing I noticed while I was watching this movie, so. It was the only thing I noticed for the first I was, 30 minutes. I was too busy trying to keep up with all of the nonsense. So, yeah. Is there something wrong with the children? I think so. <laughs> Seems that way. It's true, John. It's true. Do you have those friends, John, that don't have kids? Are you jealous of them? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, not a ton. We know, I know a couple of folks, though. Yeah, you're in the um, you're in the city. That's where all the childless heathens live. Yeah, well, yeah. it's. I mean, this is like obviously we know a lot of people have kids because our kids go to school and we know all of those people. But um, the other thing that I always and Casey don't you know no offense, but people have one kid. I'm like, this is a joke. Like, what are you doing here? Like, this is, <laughs> well, you're you like know. a Quaker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to repopulate the earth or some shit. Like, calm down over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will part. say the irony is Eric, that I'm fighting population collapse. Okay. Well, I don't that's, care. That's I don't care what, what do. happens to the population. So it's fine. I will say that, um, the irony is that before I had kids, I did nothing but waste time all the time since having kids, man, I get an hour of free time and I am like planning that shit out. Like I've never enjoyed free time so much in my life. Like it really makes you appreciate the small things. Yeah, it definitely it does. It my, and my kids are starting are finally starting to get a little more self sufficient, and it's that's helping a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mine too, but they still they're still up my ass. <laughs> yeah, you can laugh at my one all you want, but she's good. <laughs> no, I think one's way to go, or none. It's fine. Oh no, I'm just jealous. Is what yeah. I'm saying. It's like you know. All right. Yeah. Would you recommend? There's something wrong with the children, John. No, Casey would not. I would say yes, conditionally, because I got B movie vibes from it. Eric, no. I would also say no. <laughs> uh, maybe 15 years ago, where there was not as much horror, I could recommend this movie. 
But like, there's no excuse. I feel like to just be wasting your time on a shitty horror movie. Like, where so much where you there. where do you stack this against hates? Go watch Phil Tippett's Mad God, which has all of the colors of the rainbow in it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Hates hates versus children. What? Where are you going? Oh, which hates you only hates all wow. day. Hell yeah! That was like uh, a decent, Elizabeth Shue was in that movie. As hates well. was a decent little thriller. It was fine. It's got J Law in it. Come on, John. I think uh, I think you might want to check that one out again. Back <laughs> check to the me. facts on that one. <laughs> yeah. All right, you dang. Check your receipts. That's a two thumbs down and one thumb half up from the BGH crew on uh, this movie. I can't remember it again. I've done it enough times. No, Let's uh, take a quick break and do some fan mail. Here in this primitive river bottom wilderness in southern Arkansas, along with deer, duck, crane, and beaver, lurks a creature that walks upright. Whether it is a man, a monster, or a myth, no one really knows. What we do know is the people around Falk, Arkansas, say they have seen such a creature nearly 250 times since 1954. And that this creature, whatever it is, emits one of the most terrifying sounds ever recorded. Creek, rated G. Greetings, gentle folk. This is James Duval from Donnie Darko, May, and Sushi Girl, and you are listening to BloodyGoodHorror.com. Bloodygoodhorror.com's email address, John. Yes. Tax season's coming up. You know, people are finally getting out from under those Christmas bills. I would say it might be a good time to support your favorite podcast out there. Mm. Just a bunch of... Not tax deductible, though. I'm sorry. Just a bunch of dudes and ladies out here giving you the horror goods every week. Um, Big shout out to those people supporting us right now. I know, you know, things are tough out there people but we appreciate you patreon.com slash bloody good horror if you want to get in on that so here's what you get you get a weekly video live stream john i've often been told that we are not as ugly as people thought we would be when they tune mm. into the show so catch me on the wrong day get some of that action Ooh. um that streams on youtube you get that link every week as we're recording um <coughs> you also can get some tiers get full access to all the back episodes Potentially going back to episode one through 10, some of the worst podcasting that's ever happened. Um, and some of those older ones are like a real trip. Um, at the lowest level, you can get in and get just the BGH podcast feed. That'll give you um, these episodes early. That'll give you a weekly classic. Um, that'll give you Whitney's spinoff show. And there's an archive in there of all the old spinoff shows. The Eric shows, Something Red, Casey, uh, Cinema Fromage, and everything that's ever been done there. And um, Sophisticult, which is a fun thing that Andy and Shelton used to do, where they reviewed movies. Um, also, access to our Slack community. Who would have guessed, John, Slack? Still going strong, 2023. Yep. Power. There's a thriving Power community there. We add people pretty regularly that jump in and become members of the family over there and join our 
Tiki Weed channel on Slack where you could talk about either weed or tiki stuff. Two great flavors that go great together. Do you know the origins of that channel, John? Uh, vaguely. It was originally the Eric Show channel. Oh, okay. and then somebody I didn't know that. somebody cracked a joke in there one day. They were like, because they know I hate tiki. They were like, I'm gonna um, talk about tiki every day until Eric brings the show back. Mm. So then we just changed it to tiki, and then at some point weed came in. I don't know. And then it's, you and then you left the channel. It's mostly weed. No, it's mostly weed at this point. So I'm back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, in fact, well, there's really only good. so much tiki news to go around. If you need week. to like crowdsource, like, hey, <laughs> where, if you need to crowdsource a good, like, hey, where can I get some like Delta Nine or something? Like, the, man, everybody, they got you covered in there, John. <laughs> Hop in. Uh, you know they're selling weed in New York City now. Yeah. They opened up uh, our first dispensary. It's like overrun. You got to wait in line. I, like, yeah, New York City. I wonder if it, I, I wonder if any of the upstates are open. I just honestly, I'm, I am an hour from Lee, Massachusetts. It has a lovely little dispensary right off the highway, and that's where I go. Eric, they're gonna open one one of these days in like Kingston or fucking you know Hudson, and you and I are just gonna have to meet there and meet there. That might should be, be like it's like an hour south of you, an yeah, hour north okay. of me. Well, okay. We can make that happen. We can do that. Um, patreon.com slash bloody good horror to get more of us, John. Mm. Enough people join. I'll start, I'll turn it into OnlyFans. I'll just start sending out pics. <laughs> I don't care. I'll do it. Uh, I, I will not be doing I've that. been working out. Let's just, get it. Yeah. All right. Info at bloodyhorror.com's email address. First up, Caitlin from Kissimmee. Her email just says, uh oh. And there's a picture, like a, poster that says insidious Four: fear of the mm-hmm. dark yeah i think yep. four yeah well there's been three that's uh james wan that's the time that's the uh whatever is atomic coming, is he coming like, back machine what did i what did i say it was called atomic monster um atomic monster yeah there yep. you go next up whitney here's an update in the bgh book club uh they'll be shifting to a new format we will be spending two months on one book this will give participants more time to read and discuss on Slack and Reddit. We will also be setting up a form for participants to submit questions and discussion topics. <coughs> Keep an eye out for that link soon. As a reminder, our January February book is Devolution by Max Brooks. Didn't hmm. he do Zombie World War Zombie or WWZ? World War Z. Yep. Yeah. Or the third. Devolution is a uh, Bigfoot related. Oh. Oh. Casey, settle down. <laughs> I know. Last up, another one from Caitlin Kissimmee. Sick is the first movie I've ever wikied to see if it was as shitty as it looked, and I am so happy I did. So sad you wasted an episode on this movie. I think it's time for some staff picks or something maybe fun to watch and get lost watching. Maybe anything at all ever. Dr. Giggles never got its fair shake. Literally anything else. <laughs> we actually are cooking up something fun for episode 700. Um, which will be dropping the end of March, I think. So a little, uh, two months, but this like, you know what? I don't know. We could have done. I thought it was fine. I mean, we've watched way worse stuff. I'll be honest. Sick. I went, yeah, I went sick. <laughs> what is sick? What yeah. was sick? It's, it's not yeah. a good sign when what is sick? 36 hours <laughs> later, you're kind of like, give me hmm. one sentence for sick. Pandemic horror or pandemic strangers. It was the movie we watched last week. I assume you're just kidding. So uh, I'm not, I'm like, not going to no, indulge you right no, now. No. But. I know I saw it last week. I'm literally trying to recall it right now. Mark Menchow. It's the oh, guy from, the lady yeah, was Ozark. like, you can't get in my car until you put your mask on. You know what's hilarious? I've seen that twice because I watched it with Elizabeth too. Um, <laughs> I couldn't remember. Anyway. A little too much of that, uh, whatever that tiki and weed situation (laughs) (laughs) uh that's it for emails what's on twitter casey we got two tweets out there tonight first one comes up from ash 91 what is the creepiest thing a kid or even your own kid has said to you i was teasing my daughter's friend one time and said that i was going to hang her upside down and tickle her she said that she was going to chop me up and feed me to her pigs what (laughs) (laughs) i don't think any kids ever said anything creepy to me before what about you john uh, they've definitely said creepy shit. I don't know. They're like, kids say so much shit. You just, 
You just lose track. I don't know about creepy, but uh, I was at a birthday party with my daughter a couple weeks ago, and this friend of hers that she was playing with all day, when I said, it's time to go now, so let's get her jacket on, her friend said, you don't have to listen to him. And um, I've never committed homicide before, but I was considering it. Wow. (laughs) The nerve. I was like, okay. By the way, I also spent a bunch of money to let this kid play some games. Because their parents were not around. That's what I get for being nice, Joe. Yeah, (laughs) that does not surprise me. All right. And actually, that's I'm going to leave that with one tweet because we have another tweet from Matt Whitney, please. But it's the same discussion. So what do we got on Instagram, Eric? There you go. You know what I'm watching lately, John? Mm. White, Mm. White Lotus. Oh, nice. Yeah. That show fucks. Uh, like literally. <laughs> it's actually. Incre- it's um, which incredible. are you doing season one or two? So we're just banging our way through. We finished season one. We're like two episodes into season two, which is yeah. great so far. Um, it's very good. It's a beautiful show. I'm obsessed with the theme, with the musical themes and motifs. And oh, stuff. yeah. So good. It's well, the, the production design in general, like it's gorgeously shot. It's uh, it's just it's very well realized as a television yeah. production. Yeah, I need to get caught up on that one so we can watch the second season with Aubrey Plaza. Man, it's amazing. Uh, they they're completely unrelated. Like you could just go straight to the second season. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Aubrey Plaza having a little. There's a little. She's great. And Plazen Plaza. She's playing out of character too on that show, which is like you know super interesting. She was pretty um, great hosting SNL, and I sent you guys the video. But there's, uh, if you're out there listening, when, from Aubrey Plaza hosting SNL, there is a pretty great uh, Megan skit. So out there. what I will say is, there's also a White Lotus skit that don't watch because it has a ton of spoilers. Like, <laughs> do you guys want my Megan review actually? Because I watched it over the weekend. Yeah. Yes, please. Now that's true, I want nothing more. I was a little underwhelmed. Well, you'd also had to sit through all the like positive reactions to it. I feel like yeah. the hype, the hype definitely got me to a point where I was like, "Oh, this must be amazing." It's it is very good. Um, I saw it's, it's the director who directed Homebound. Do you guys remember that movie? Yep, vaguely. I fucking love that movie. Um, he's new. I think in New Zealand. I think he's a Kiwi. Sounds yeah. Um, sounds right. It it does have a very like it has a fun vibe to it yeah it does megan it just i was hoping for a little little more you know robot killing people basically is what i was hoping there for. is a r-rated cut that's probably going to come out this was peach cut Ooh. they they cut it because um oh they they, cut, sh- they show a I child swear heard, getting hit by a car but then they I won't s- let megan like rip a dude's face i off swear i heard like, they come cut on. it because it was blowing up when it was blowing up on social in a way that was leading them to believe that they were there was there's a huge teen audience they were potentially leaving behind if they did go R, so they cut it last minute apparently. Someone uh, I was talking to at work was like, "Do you think they could do?" There's definitely going to be a sequel. I mean, maybe they've it's already, already a there's been stories about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I assume there's the like scene where the guy who's like stealing uh, the like intellectual property that has virtually nothing to do with the entire movie except yeah, that I assume but also that's the Megan, for but also Megan though is now like living inside of like the Amazon echo or whatever. So like she just needs a body and then she can just come back. That's ch- listen, that's, that's child's play two style yeah. child's play two. They fire the good guy factory back up. They make the dolls again and he just, he's re he's reincarnated basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was good. I, it was fun. I was sort of, like I had a good time. I'm not sad I watched it, but I was also like, eh, fun fact, know. John, it's my current number one movie of 2023. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is what our third movie. Pay no mind to the fact, <laughs> pay no mind to the fact that I only have a number one and a number 10 currently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Um, Oh, Instagram. Yes. I thought that's what you started with white Lotus. I thought that was Instagram related. Fill in the blank yeah. with your first thought. There's something wrong with blank. Eric, my stomach. <laughs> I said my bones. <laughs> my bones. Uh, and then I put a little skeleton guy dancing, John, because it's Instagram and you can do that. 
I'm a social media maven. You are. No, that's mm-hmm. true. <laughs> Rory, long time, long time Rory, or Prisoner Abel, as you may remember. Ah, wow. All right. He writes in almost every week. I just don't always read the names. What colors do you prefer your films to be? My answer was, I don't know, some other colors, like multiple, <laughs> multiple colors, not just two. Fuck yeah, more the better. I hate it so much. Uh, Joe House of Horror says at least the soundtrack was interesting. What was the name of the band, Casey? Uh, Sisters of Mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, this guy Joe John lives in uh, Salem, Massachusetts, and I met him once. We had lunch. He's a cool hmm. guy. Um, yeah, their House of Horror, I guess, is his show. Let me see. The Horror Squad podcast. Nice. Uh, <coughs> while we're talking about annoying filters, can we agree that the OG Suspiria is meh? That's Dan. Ooh. Bold position, Dan, but I like it. Um, and I agree. I it's decent. The remake is much better. That's been my position for a while, though. I think I'm on record that Argento, in general, is pretty overrated, but. He's got some real good stuff, but even the good stuff is like barely held together by scotch tape and string. Like mm-hmm. even the good yeah. stuff feels ready to just unravel any second, but it's, it, you know, it's, it, I like his stuff for the same reason I like Fulci stuff and that I feel like he's nuts and I dig that. I, yeah. And look, I don't, I like, um, I like art by crazy, like legit crazy people. Yeah. That, and I was going to say that is not to downplay the impact or the sort of like Hugely cultural moment that he tapped into. Yeah. It just, you know, watching it now, I don't, I don't know that it all holds up. Question, John. So here's, mm. here's like, if I was, if I was trying to get a horror fan into Argento, I might start them out with opera. Have you ever seen opera? I don't think so. What? I think I've only seen of the sort of like OG classics, Tenebrae and then Tenebrae Suspiria. Fo- Tenebrae Fox and Suspiria. Is my- uh, so I would be like, so opera was like early nineties, late eighties. And it's, much more slashery it's a lot more accessible it's still one of those but it's a lot more accessible um yeah it's another good one i'd have I, to go through i'm kind of obsessed with inferno i really love inferno was a sequel yeah. to suspiria it's like a lot of the same surrealistic oh, I've stuff seen but better too. we did we might have done a show on it yeah me. yeah we did i'm almost yeah. in fact that may have been an eric staff pick now that i think about it uh definitely don't start him with that dracula movie no. Or Mother of Tears. No, sir. Or any of the other movies that he's made over the last 10 years or whatever. No, nothing <laughs> nothing modern whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, go back to the 90s at least. I also love um Phenomena, which is stars a very young Jennifer Connolly. It was actually her first acting gig. Mm-hmm. That was known as Creepers in the US in its original release. Hmm. That's a weird one, though. I don't know if you'd like that. Oh, Jeepers. you know who else is in Creepers? Um, Donald Pleasance. Hmm. Plays a doctor. So you got some good confluence of stars there, John. Yeah. But I yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, here's this week's plot twist, John. Hmm. That was the last question. Ah. Uh. <laughs> now. Son of a bitch. You know why that's thematic? Because next week we're reviewing an M. Night. Shamalan, Shamalama Ding Dong movie. Oh snap! Is that coming out this weekend? I think so. Yo. Cabin ah. is it? What is it? Cabin at the end of the world? Knock, no, knock, knock at, at the, the door. door. Knock at the yeah. door. Cabin oh. at the end of the world is the book. Okay, mm-hmm. and it was renamed. I heard that the movie was called that until like not too long ago that they renamed it or something. Yeah. Mark of Mark BGH fame, G chatted me today. He wanted to make sure that everyone knew that this just looked like a ripoff of Cabin in the Woods, and he was upset about it. He's not wrong. Can you tell him to come on the show? Like that's like I don't on. even try anymore, honestly. But you know, I don't think they're uh, too much related. From I haven't read the book yet, but to my knowledge, it's more apocalyptic than anything. Well, that's what Cabin in the Woods is. The I think the point being the main premise of both things is you have to be sacrificed so the world doesn't end. Ah. That is based on what I've seen in the trailer. I worry that I've already yeah. seen too much from this knock at Dave, the door Dave, or whatever. I mean, Dave Batista says that in the trailer. Yeah. He's like, yeah. you must be sacrificed <laughs> or the world will end. Verbatim. Now, does Sigourney Weaver get murdered by a werewolf at the end? 
remains to be seen. No, she can't. <clears throat> she can't. She's stuck in Navi world or whatever. No, she died, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember if she died know. or not, actually. No, she's she's alive. Yeah, she's stuck in... Uh, she's one of the main characters of the second she's one. She's stuck in James Cameron's mocap basement somewhere right now. Like She's, yeah. never, she's never getting out until she dies. Sorry, Just Sigourney. cashing them James Cameron checks. Sorry, Sigourney Weaver. It's been real. You can't cash checks when he won't let you go home, John. Well, that's not how that works. <laughs> actually, that's not true. Okay. You can do it right on your phone now. Yeah, you can. Yeah. You can't do much fun with the money when he won't let you go home. No, no, oh, no, let's no. face it. Sigourney gets a direct deposit. <laughs> She's a classy <laughs> lady. <laughs> direct deposit. I like the idea of direct deposit as being classy. I like that. No, no check cashing store for this maven of movies. Nah, I should have went modern instead of classy, but that's what came out. <laughs> uh, so are you going to make this, John? I'm going to try. Love it. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I'm down for more theater. Like, we're not, we're just pretending the pandemic isn't real. Let's just get back into the theater. I don't care. I need Pandemic's it. over, bro. Didn't the government announce that? Pandemic's over. I just, I need more theater in my life. You know, I need more I people. I need, I need more like post movie conversations of people who apparently just went into horror movies because they had nothing better to do but hate horror movies and just are so mad because that's like one of my favorite things <laughs> it, honestly half the movies that are coming to theaters now are horror yeah. movies because it's the only shit people turn yeah. out for the highlight of my year so far is that lady after the menu who said that was a waste of 90 minutes i'll never get back <laughs> just livid oh man so yeah that's that- next week knock at the okay. knock at the door I know I used to complain about dumb one word movies titles, but they're, they help me actually. They're a little easier for me, if I'm being honest. Can we go back to that. K A T D. Katie. Kate D. Katie did. Katie did. There you go. Hates. Yeah. All right. Don't forget to check us out patreon.com slash bloody good horror. We hope you enjoy the show and we'll be back next week. See you. Bye-bye.